Man, I want to start by, by going back to something that uh, I shared in one of a uh, really early on uh, when we were launching 2911, but I reworked it kind of to fit where we are today, okay? And, uh, and, it, and I, want, I want to kind of start this. It's a, it's, a, it's a little bit of a focus thing, but kind of a fun focus thing, okay? Uh, you know, because when we label people, if we're not careful, you know, we, we, could, we could be wrong with labeling people. We're not calling any names, okay? You can put yourself in the categories. But I'll tell you about three categories of people at the beginning of this message today. Three categories of people. First of all, there are the people who make things happen. They are called the doers. Doers, all right? And then there are second class of people. These are the people who like to watch other people make things happen. They're watchers, you know? You, you know people like that? They just like to watch other people actually do the work. And then there's a third group of people that don't know anything's even happening. They are the goobers. All right, don't be a goober. If you're sitting beside someone who needs that admonishment, you have full permission, the pastor, right now, to look them square in the eye and say, don't be a goober, okay? Now, don't, don't, don't turn around to somebody sitting behind you. If you're not sitting right beside them on the road, then you probably don't have the right to share that with them, okay? But if they're close enough to you, you feel like you can do that, go ahead and tell them, don't be a goober. Uh, uh, let me explain what I mean just a little bit here, okay? Like on Sundays, on Sundays we have doers. Like our load team, that some of them have been here since 8 o'clock this morning. And some weeks they come in at 7.30. It's just whenever we can get the door open. This, week, this morning they were here at 8 o'clock unloading and setting up and, and, and getting everything ready. And, uh, and then there are the watchers who they come in, they realize, man, there's already a lot of people here. I wonder, they, they must have free breakfast or something. I got to get on that, get in on that, you know. But then there's, there's a goober, they're the goobers, and they ask, well, what's a load team? You know, they don't even know the term of what are we talking about. Or, or like in the area of giving. Doers, they don't see themselves as givers. They see themselves as investors. And uh, watchers now, they, they like the fact that we have givers and they wish more people would give so that they didn't have to, right? Uh, but then there's the goobers, you know, and they said, does it cost something to actually have a church? Does it actually take money? Yeah, it, it takes a little money. And then in the area of is kids' ministries next? Yes, kids' ministry. Doers, they, um, they feel passionate because they feel called. They, they want to lead and to teach kids in the kids' nursery. They want to work back there and do all that. And the watchers, they wish more people would serve in the kids' area and keep their kids in the nursery and in the kids' church and so that they wouldn't have to volunteer and keep their own kids in the nursery. And then there's the goobers that they say, we have a nursery, you know, that are clueless, don't even, don't even know, right? And then there's uh, the vision, you know, people with vision, you know, we have doers with vision. They believe God has called them, challenged them to, to actually be a blessing, to pour into the community, to do amazing, awesome things. For them. Then, there, then there are the watchers who uh, don't think it will happen, you know, the, all the good stuff like, like the, the Halloween of the event on Halloween night, a week from tomorrow night, you know, we got to watch her say, well, I don't know if that's really going to come off or not, but if it does, they're, they're happy about it because maybe I can get some free candy or whatever, you know, and then there's goobers like, we have an event on uh, Halloween night at 2911, yeah, we do, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a few moments, and the small groups, uh, you know, the doers, they're the ones who are leading and hosting the small groups, and then, you know, we've got the watchers who, they just like telling all their friends, I go to a church that has small groups, even though I don't go to them, you know, and then we've got the goobers. When do we start small groups, you know? And then uh, I think it's lastly is the ownership thing and uh, doers, they see a coffee spill and they go clean it up, you know? Then we've got the watchers, they see a coffee spill and they're like, wonder why the coffee team hasn't cleaned that up just yet, you know? And then some of the coffee team needs to come over here and figure that out. And then there's the goobers and they say, there's coffee? 
where's coffee at? You know, they're totally oblivious. And which, incidentally, if you were here at Dream Team last week, you know that that's one of my pet peeves is oblivious people that ain't got a clue what's going on around them. Anyway, without well, saying, so here, here's, here's the thing I'm saying. Don't be a goober. But also, don't be a watcher. You will never be fulfilled being a goober or being a watcher. You will only be fulfilled being a doer. So here's my first dare for you today. Truth or dare, uh, here's my first dare for you today is I dare you to be a doer. Be a doer because only in doing will you be fulfilled. Okay, if, you, if you read Scripture, you read Scripture, you, you'll see over and over and over. Uh, and let me, let me take you to, this was, uh, I don't know, several months ago is when I first remember seeing this. And I ran across it again two or three weeks ago, so I stuck it away that I was going to use this morning. This is a quote from Ed Young. He says, too busy to serve at your local church? FYI, every Sunday you attend your local church, you are served by very busy people. Get involved. You know those people that were here at 8 o'clock this morning uh, uh, unloading, setting up, and doing all that kind of stuff? You know, in, uh, here on the stage in the kids' church area and all of that. You know those people? Actually, we had some here yesterday that was unloading, setting up these chairs. You know what? Those people aren't here doing that because they don't have anything else to do. They're not here doing that because they really don't like to sleep in. They don't, you know, don't like to be, you know, they, they don't ever once in a while want to. They're not here doing that because they aren't busy. They are busy, but they're here doing that because they're passionate about something, and, and they want to serve. They want to be a part of that. And so every time you come to church, you're, you're being served by people who are very busy. So if that's your reason, say, well, I just can't do anything for Jesus because I'm too busy. No, everybody that's doing anything for Jesus is too busy. If you're somebody who isn't too busy, I want to meet you because I have yet to meet somebody this day and age who says I'm not busy. We are all busy. But we have something to do. And see, here's, here's where the challenge is, is you have to choose. If you want to be fulfilled, you're going to have to choose. Regardless of what excuses you've used in the past, if you want to be fulfilled, you've got to find what that is that fills you full, and you've got to start doing it. And so here's, here's what I want to challenge you to. Here's the second dare. I dare you to have a servant's heart. And when you get a servant's heart, you will not be able to sit and watch others. You'll not be able to be a goober and not what's going on around you and be oblivious to things. You will have to say, what's going on? Where's the need at and how can I help? I dare you to have a servant's heart. Um, you know Jim Caviezel? Anybody know that name? He's the guy that played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ from several years ago. He's also the person of interest guy. If uh, some of you like me, that was one of my shows. Hate that it's off the air now. Here's what Jim Caviezel says, uh, a quote from him about serving. Every generation of Americans needs to know that freedom exists not to do what you like, but having the right to do what you ought. Now listen, here, here it is. People who don't live in freedom. Now, that's not necessarily people who live in other countries. There are people who live in this country and they don't live in freedom. There are people who live in, in families where they don't really have freedom. There are people who live in situations and circumstances where they are bound by lots of junk in their life and people around them, and they don't have freedom. And, and, and if you ask them what freedom would be to them, it, it wouldn't be, so I can do what I want to do and do what I like. No, th they can't even do what they know is right to do. When you don't have freedom, you can't do even what is right. This country was founded on this, and, and our founding fathers and, and through the through this couple of centuries plus that we've been a nation, I mean, there have been people who have understood freedom is not just the ability to do what you want. Freedom is, is the privilege to be able to do what needs to be done. 
Now, we've lost a little bit of that in our country, and I'm afraid that sometimes we lose it in the, in, in the church as well, is because we, we, this thing isn't about us coming and getting the freedom to do what we want to do, to do what makes us happy, but it's also about having the privilege and the ability to do what needs to be done. To see and to, be, and, and to have the freedom to do it because, you know, be, feeling called and having purpose to do something and doing it, being able to step forward. I mean, you know, if you don't know your purpose, that's a, that, that's a, that is a depressing place to be. I mean, if you're living a life without purpose, you don't, there's like there's no meaning, there's no goal, there's no direction, there's no future. I don't have any purpose. That is a very depressing life to live. Probably the only thing worse than that would be to know what your purpose is and not have the privilege of fulfilling it. If you have freedom, you have the privilege of fulfilling everything that you dream ought to be done and can be done. So there's a couple of uh, challenges, dares from your pastor. There's a couple of quotes from some famous people. But if we're going to talk about servanthood, we need to go to our example. And who is our example? Our example, he, you know, and it, it's Jesus, and he's not just our Savior. He's not just, as the, as the, the, the Next Steps devotion says today, he's not just the Son of God. He's also our example. And uh, in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, the Word of God says, for even the Son of Man, talking about Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Even the Son of Man. And you know who said this? I, I made sure the quotes were there on this slide. You know why? Because I, I wanted you to know somebody said this. It wasn't just written down, you know, as God would. Somebody actually spoke this out to, you know who said it? Jesus. And so Jesus is talking about himself, capital S, capital M. He's talking about himself in third person, you know. So, so you know, we could almost wipe out that entire first line there and just put in the word I because it's Jesus speaking. And he said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. So I'm not saying this about Jesus. Jesus is saying, I didn't even come to be, the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the, ones who, the one who sits on the throne of this universe, he makes all the decisions, he speaks and things happen. He says, I didn't even come to be served. And so if, if he didn't come to be served, then you and I, I, I mean, that's who he is. If he didn't come to be served, then, then how about us? He's our example. To be a Christian means to be Christ-like. It means to be a Christ follower. And, and if he didn't even come to be served, then, then how about us? And, and on a Sunday morning, it's so easy to, to slip in, you know, and sit down and say, okay, I'm here to, for you guys to serve me. Sing me a song. Preach me a message. Pray over me and send me home. That's what I, I'm here to be served. And you know what? That's, that's another reason that m most people aren't fulfilled, even in their Christian walk, is because all through Scripture we see it. Jesus says, Focus on my stuff, and then I'll take care of your other stuff. The way he says it is, seek first my kingdom, and all those things will be added to you. You're focusing on all your stuff. Don't worry, don't worry about that stuff because you can't do anything about it. You can worry about it all day, all week, all month, all year, and, and, and never change a thing. But if you'll focus on my stuff, I'll take care of all those other things. He says, if you want to be first, you got to be last because those who try to be first end up being last. So if you want to end up first, start being last. And so what he's saying is put yourself in the back and, and, and watch me do something. All through Scripture it tells us this. And so when we have the attitude that, hey, I'm here on Sunday to be served, we blow the whole thing. You know, and what we need to be doing. This is our time to come together. This is the most important hour and 15 minutes for the church all together as a church. But this is just where it begins. But it must begin with us coming and saying, I'm not here to be served because my example is Christ, but I am here 
to find out how I can serve. Now, Paul goes a little deeper with this. He drills down into this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 80, and he kind of explains some of the, I guess you could say, kind of the deeper parts of what Christ is saying. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, what he's reminding us of is, is that Jesus Christ is God. That was his nature. That is who he is, but he chose to be a man. He chose to come as a man and live and die on this earth. Okay, so but his nature is, he is God. So who being God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. What did he say? He didn't show up and say, hey, I am Jesus, I am the son of God, and therefore I'm here to be served. No, he didn't use it. For the, he didn't, being God, he didn't use that for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, and, and becoming a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. If Jesus even did this, then how much more you and I? And here, here's, here's what he said. He was the very nature. He was God, but he chose to be a servant. And so, and so all of us, we, we have to make the choice. Jesus, man, that was a difficult choice to leave the heaven where uh, constantly uh, Revelations tells us that he's got beasts that are before him, these big, amazing beasts that are before him crying holy and, and you know, wait, holy, holy, holy all day long and just, uh, you know, anything that he wants, I mean, he can have, and he chooses to come and be this. And so as, as our example, then you and I, we have to also make the choice that instead of saying, I'm here, bless me, say, I'm here, how can I be a blessing? And that's the only way you're going to ever be fulfilled. Paul also says uh, in, in, earlier in this, in this uh, same chapter, the verse before that, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. That's, that's so, so anti our culture today in our world. It's because we're only focused on who we are and what we can get and all of that. He says, no, don't, don't, don't just be focused on your stuff. Be focused on other stuff. You will never be fulfilled focusing on your stuff. Listen to God call you today. Is the only way you will ever be fulfilled. You must listen to him. I said something about the load team. You know, we have a lot of dream team members. If, if you heard us uh, last Sunday night, we actually had a dream team appreciation here. We, we set up tables and, and, and we served them. We tried to let them not do very much at all. We had to have their help a little bit loading up. Some of them would appreciate all of that. But, but we, we did our best just to serve the dream team. The dream team of people who are committed to a team and they're doing ministry. And, and, and on your way out, you may have seen it on the way in, but make sure you go by. They're back there, we took pictures of them. And if you weren't able to be here, we had some of them couldn't be here for work or whatever purpose. Man, we want to get your picture back there. We're going to have that up a few weeks. That's the dream team back there. These are the people. You know, we had like 120, 130 people here last, last uh, Sunday night, and, and we, we still were missing several. And, and uh, we did some, uh, we, we, we actually starting to use a different shirt. You know, you, you've probably got the Navy shirt, the Church 2911 that we've used for a little over seven years now. We're moving to a new shirt. It's gray. See, David's got his on back there. It says the dare you to dream on it and all that. And, and, uh, and so we're moving to that. That's going to be our, our new church shirt. And so we honored our dream team by giving it to them first. You know, nobody else has it except you guys. And, and so now they've got it first. And, and yeah, you're going to start getting it as well, okay? But, you know, uh, and so we did that. And also, uh, and there were some up here, and I don't see them now. I saw them drinking out of we, we gave, we gave uh, tumblers with, uh, yeah, the, Hannah's, Hannah's got hers on the front row here, yeah, they, uh, with the decal, the, the Yeti tumblers. So, okay, we, we spent a little bit of money. But I 
was, I was sitting there, and you know, and I, I was sitting there at the table with the the guest speaker that we had the other night, and and uh, Kip did an awesome job for us. And we were sitting there before he got up to speak, and I, I said, I said, just look around, and I said, do you know what it would cost the church to pay to have somebody do all the stuff that these people do every week? Do you know what it cost? And so we spend a little money saying, thank you, thank you. And here's what, here's what I want to say. We have, of all the regular attending adults and teens, not counting the kids, just adults and teens that attend 2911, 54.1% of them are serving in ministry somewhere. You know what? When I tell pastors that, my pastor friends that, they're blown away. You have over half your people actually serving in some ministry area? That's, that's great. How are you doing? And you know what? But you know what, with, with our culture at 2911 and our DNA, I think we look at that saying, hmm, that's not high enough, is it? Because we believe everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. And so you know, you know what our goal is? Not 60, not 70, 80, 90. Our goal is 100%. Because every one of you have something awesome to do for Jesus. And you need to find that place because you are never going to be fulfilled in doing anything else except what you are called to do, what you are purposed to do, what is in your heart trying to bust out. And, and, and you know, sometimes, you know, you might hit a little bit of a wall and say, well, that must not have been God. If it's in here, you're going to know, and you're going to bust through that wall. You're going to find a way to do what it is that you're passionate about doing. And you know what? Here's the thing. There's, right now, if you go to the Sunday's page, as Brent was directed a little while ago, if you go there and write this part of the message right here, if you'll go in right there, you know, here's, here's one of the things that you'll see. You will see, um, you will, you will see the, um, uh, a little line there that says uh, how to find a place to, to serve or something like that. If you'll click on that, it'll take you to a little place where you can enter in your information and say, I would like to talk to somebody about one of the areas of the church or ministry. And you can go there and do that. And if you're not served, I am challenging you today. I'm daring you today to find your place to serve. Find your place to serve. You're never going to be fulfilled until you figure out what fills you full. And you need to do it. And, and you know, some of you, you may say, but, but I don't see anything on that list that fits what I want to do because I want... Awesome! Because listen, let me tell you something about 2911. We are not here saying, okay, you guys come help us do our thing. That's not what we're here for. Let me tell you, there's not a skipper in the whole 2911 that if we were to ask, and if I were to say, hey, I got two or three people that, that want to join that team that you lead. There's not a skipper at 2911 who would say, well, I got all the people I need. No, we, we can always use people, but that's not what this is. Okay, you can say, yeah, we've got it covered. I mean, we've got people doing everything, but here's, here's what this really, really is. It's like, we're not saying, hey, we're 2911. We want you to come help us do what, we, what uh, we're trying to do. No, we're, we say, hey, we're 2911, and we want to help you do what God has, has given you a passion for. And if it's something that we aren't doing yet, guess what? That's why we're not doing it yet, because now you're the one called to do it. You know what we want to do? We want to, we want to train you. We want to help you find the resources you need to find. We want to, even if you need funding, we want to help you find the finances, the funding that you need to do. We want to, that's, that's who we are is we want to do that. Is, is so not, hey, come help us do our thing. Hey, let us help you do your thing that God has laid on you. And, and so now there's no excuses, are there? Because whatever it is, whether it's on a list with a church or whether it's just your thing inside your heart, there's no excuse. We want to help you do that thing. So go there. Do that. So, so let's talk about one of those, just a little bit about 2911 here. And next week, we've got that event on Monday night, October 31st, Halloween. Why Halloween? 
Why Halloween, Pastor? Now listen, I was raised, I'd say, and I don't mean when I was eight, nine, ten years old, but in ministry. I was raised when I when I first got into ministry during a time where Halloween was being questioned. Should Christians participate in Halloween? Should we do events on Halloween night? Should we do those kinds of things? Absolutely. Because the Word of God says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Every single one of them. And it doesn't matter what the world calls, it doesn't matter what our culture calls a day. Every single day is a day that God has made, and, and we need to be rejoicing in Him and glorifying and, and having a good time. So, you know, why Halloween? Because this is who we are. Now, listen, we, we did this. When we started 29 Level, we did so many community events. We, we did certain things every single year, and this was one of them up until a couple of years ago. We moved in this building. We've just not had the opportunity. We, we almost had something last year, and it fell through at the last minute. This year, we're finally able to get back to that. So, listen, if, if, if you've came to 2911 since we've been in this building, you don't know this about this church that you're maybe a part of or a member of. You don't know this. What we do is this is who we are because it's not about us. The way we look at this is, you see, we, we, we don't really want to do the fall festival thing where let's just all get together and have a good time together. You know, we do that and our big thing like that is Thanksgiving. It's coming up, you know, next month, okay, at Thanksgiving dinner. But this, this fall festival thing, we don't want to do that because it's not just about us. It's about somebody else. It's about, here, here's the thing about, about why we want to do something on Halloween. Here, here's the thing. Did you ever think, of, of all the holidays that are out there, did you ever realize that Halloween is the one event where the unchurched show up at our door? We don't have to go to them. You know, we don't have to. All we got to do is just get ready for them. They're ringing our doorbell. Trick or treat. You know, they're coming to us. If we, and if we have an event on October 31st, you know, they drive by. Maybe their kid got a postcard that we're going to hand down to the school this week, the schools this week, the elementary schools around here. Or maybe they see the banner that we're going to put up this week. Or, or maybe they're just driving by with their kids all, you know, decked out in their costumes in the back seat and say, hey, there's a place that I can let y'all run for a while and I can get some rest, you know. And they drive by and they, they see that or, or they whatever. This, 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 is, this is what all this is about. They're coming to us. We don't, all we've got to do is be ready. But what would you do if I told you that this afternoon, this evening, 10 unchurched people are going to show up at your house? What would you do? Would you turn off the lights, lock the door like you weren't at home? You know, <laughs> would you do something like that? Or would you, man, would you clean the house? And would you put, maybe put on some, some good Christian music, not some stuff that'd scare them away, but some good stuff, you know, or, you know, and you'd, you'd have everything ready and you'd be ready. Maybe even wearing, you know, one of your Christian t-shirts or something. What would you do? You would do those kinds of things, right? Same thing. Listen, the world is dying on uh, next Monday night. People are going to be dying for a place to take their kids that they know they can get free candy, you know, and, and, and not worry about where it came from and not worry that something's been tampered with or anything like that. And they're not going to be knocking on the doors of some total strangers, some place that they, you know, and one of the things that happens, especially the last time we did this is, is our people. And, and I know I shared some of this right before service sermon last week, but I, but I'm preaching it this morning because I want, I want you to know, this is who we are is la the last time we were able to actually do the, uh, the event on Halloween, we had, we had our, our workers were coming to us, our volunteers were coming to us. You were coming and you were saying, we are feeding kids tonight that would go to bed hungry if we were not giving them a hot dog. We're gonna be giving some kids a hot dog next Monday night who would be going to bed hungry except for maybe the candy that they would be getting to eat. We're gonna give them some food and put something in it. That's why we do this because this is not about us. This is about somebody else that needs to know. Why do we do this? Because we are not defined by a building. That's why Halloween fits is because we are not defined by a building. 
I can't say this about every church. All I can say this is about us, but I'll say this about us, is we are not defined by a building. We should be more defined by what happens when we leave this building. That's, that's what this is about. And so, you know, and, and here's the, you know, the number one excuse I hear from Christians when, when I say, man, you need to invite someone to come to church. Somebody that's unchurched or doesn't go anywhere. You need to invite someone to come to church or bring them with you. You know what the number one excuse I have from Christians? I don't know any unchurched people. That's the, that's the number one excuse I hear. Is make, there's a couple people in my family that I've asked over and over, but I don't know any other unchurched people except a couple people in my family that don't go to church. That's the number one excuse. Well, let, let me tell you something. Next Monday night, the whole community is going to potentially walk through or drive by or whatever and be out there in the grass. Pray for good weather, okay? Out there in the grass, you know? And we have the opportunity. And, you know, here's the thing. Is, is, okay, maybe, maybe you've got to work or you can't be here. I understand that. But if you don't have any, any reason, and, and this is, you know, you really can't say then the next day, I don't know anybody because you had the opportunity and you've got to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives you to connect with people and connect with the community. And we're getting this opportunity. This is, this is I, I, you know, I know there's some craziness that happens around Halloween and all of that stuff. But this, the way this thing works for us is we actually get to connect with people in the community. They show up at our thing, and we get to share a little bit of the love of Jesus, and we get to feed some hungry kids, and we get to do some awesome things and have a great time, and we can tell people that, hey, the church isn't everything that you thought it was. Let us show you what real church life is about. And that thing that we say over and over, and I've already said it in the message, this, this, this is so much us because everyone has something awesome to do for Jesus. You might, you might think this is the most awesome stuff that happens. But some of the most awesome stuff that happens will happen next Monday night when you get the opportunity to do something special for some child or for some family. That's the most awesome thing that can happen. And so the serve wall, the whole serve wall today is decked out with the great pumpkin bash information. And we, we, got, we, got we gotta got have bigger bins than that. We got some, a green bin back there for you to throw candy in. Let me tell you why. Last time we did this, we were, we were prepared for a few hundred, and the police department says over 1,500 people came through. They, were, they know because they were there, and they were having to park, and they were shutting the parking lot down on us because it was getting full. Three times they shut the parking lot down. We were out of candy in 20 minutes. We were hitting every, you know, we were sending people to every Dollar General in town trying to find, you know, the last bit of Halloween candy that somebody hadn't bought. And, and so that's why, you know, hey, if you you leave, run, buy a bag of candy, bring it back, drop it in. And the next Sunday, bring another bag of candy. But we stockpile it because we have no idea. There's just no way for us to be able to do it. And then when you show up that night, bring another bag of candy, okay? We, we, you know, donations, you want to make donations. We got somebody that's coming that's that's, going to actually cook hot dogs for us. We just got to buy the stuff and and they're going to actually do it. We got all, and so see back there because if if you don't, if, if you are free next Monday night, and I really encourage, hope you will be, please see that. And even if you're not, you can donate some way. You can do something to impact this community. Because Acts, Acts chapter 8, verse 8, I'm, 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 getting, I'm wrapping this up right here. But Acts 8 and 8 says, as a result, there was great rejoicing in that city. There was great rejoicing in that city as a result of what? If you read the preceding seven verses of that chapter, here's what you'll see. Is you'll see that the church, Christians, the body of Christ, believers, people just like me and you, they were out in the community. They were telling people good things about Jesus. They were praying over them. Now, and, and, and miracles were beginning to happen because of their prayers. And I know somebody said, ooh, I couldn't lay hands on. I didn't say they lay hands on everybody. I said they were praying out there. 
When you're, if you're out here next Monday night, I hope you are. If you're out here next Monday night and people show up, I hope you're walking around praying. Oh, God, God, I don't know those people. They look like they're really in a bad fix. So, God, would you help them? That's being in a, out in the community and praying. They were telling people about Jesus. They were praying for him, and miracles were happening. Therefore, great joy was in that city. J.D. Greer asked this question based on that verse. Is there great joy in your city because of the presence of your church? Ooh. I think every pastor needs to answer that question. I think every church leader of every church in America needs to answer that question. Is there great joy in your city because of the presence of your church? And you know what? There is not going to be great joy in our city because we have great music. We have awesome music. There is not going to be great joy in our city because your pastor preaches better and better messages every week. Y'all keep praying for me. I might get there one day, okay? I'm trying, trying. But that's not why there's going to be great joy. There's going to be great joy in the city when it starts happening, something happens, when we become the church after we leave the building. This is still the most important, but then what happens is we've got to do that. That's where it happens. So I dare you. Here's my last dare for you. I dare you to tell somebody. I dare you to tell somebody. Here's my dare for you specifically. I dare you to tell five people this week something about Jesus or something about your church because everyone ought to attend a church they brag about. I don't say this lightly, and I've said it. I don't know how many times have I said that. Lisa Farley added up and tell me over the years that you've heard, I've been your pastor at 2911. How many times have I said everybody ought to attend a church they brag about? You know, because... I mean, if you are, and listen, I don't say this lightly. I'm serious about it. But if you don't brag about this, then go find somewhere that you, that, that you wake up on Monday morning and say, I've got to find somebody to tell about my church, about what happened, about the miracles that are going on, about the thing. You know, uh, uh, after service, we, we had somebody in the first service that this week that, that there, was a, there was an accidental conversation took place. And there's somebody that's just moving into our area. Our area. They're only here right now part of the week, but they're about to move here full-time, and they need a church. And guess what? Boom, they were here this morning. Why? Why? Because somebody told somebody. So I don't, I don't know. Okay, that's why. You know, I'd really, really like for you to tell people about Jesus, but if you can't tell people about Jesus, at least tell them something about your church. Well, what? I don't know what to tell them. You don't know what to tell them about your church? My goodness, I'm the biggest cheerleader up here. Listen to me every once in a while. You'll know, right? I mean, if, tell them about the, the, the event on Halloween next week. You know, say, hey, let me tell you what my church is doing, you know? So, and if they don't have any kids, if you pray for us, if you want to come help, ask them to come help or, you know, or tell them about that. Or to, and and, and I, I failed to ask Brent, I should have asked Brent for, you know, because he's, he's going to kick this off in December. But tell them about, you know, like we've got Truth or Dare right now, December, our Christmas series this year is going to be Home Alone. Home Alone. So tell them about that. Say, this year, you know, you need to come in here and, and tell them about how awesome the church, tell them about the miracles that are happening here. Tell them about how you can, you come into this church and, and you don't even realize you're around a whole bunch of Christians because most people think Christians are stuffy and mean and mad and everything, point fingers. You come into this church, you don't even realize you're around a bunch of Christians until, you know, they start, start worshiping a little bit or, you know, singing the songs or something and you don't even realize it. Tell them, just tell them a little something. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you. I challenge you. This, this week, every day of this week, five days, I dare you, I dare you to, to tell somebody this week, every, just at least one of the, the, the weekdays. I, even if you need to take your cell phone out right now and set yourself a, a reminder, do, do it. You know, about, I guess about three weeks ago, I, I woke up on a Monday. I know when I was going to preach this message, you know, and, and uh, it's why this 
oh, wow, amazing. Uh, about three weeks ago, I woke up early on a Monday. Now, listen, I'm normally, I'm normally whew, whooped out, just whooped on, on Monday, worn out everything on, on a Monday morning. This was one that I, I woke up early. Had a phone call before I actually, you know, uh, got awake real good. Had, and, and somebody needed something, and I was able to help them. Had somebody show up at my door, you know, before I was able to get out the door. I had somewhere to go, you know, and so I go ahead and do it early this morning. But somebody was at the door, had to help somebody at the door. And these are all people I know. It's not just strangers knocking on my door and calling my phone number. And, but then I started having some strangers. And on, on the way to where I was going, I had an opportunity to bless somebody. And when I got to the place I was going and the thing I was going to do, there was somebody else that needed some help with something and I was able to help them. And now all this going on, I'm thinking about this message just a little bit. I think, man, I gotta, I gotta write. And so it made, me, it made me look at my phone and see, what time is it? It was 9.15 a.m. and I had already had the opportunity to bless four people that morning. I felt like the U.S. Army. Y'all, y'all know that commercial from a few years ago? Like, I bless more people by 9.15 a.m. than most of you bless all day long, you know? That's how I kind of felt like that. I was, you know, I was kind of proud because it wasn't that just that I had the opportunity. I was proud that I took advantage of all. I hit all four by 9.15. Man, my day was going great. God, I am doing amazing things for you. And then all of a sudden, I thought, how many days have I missed four opportunities before 9.15 a.m. in the morning? And it challenged me to, God, never let me miss an opportunity again. They're out there. They're out there. Open your eyes and just at least one a day this week, just this week, just this week, at least one a day. Tell somebody something about Jesus or about your church. And so that's why, let me I'll tell you this about that Halloween event. I hope, I hope you come, and not Halloween event, great pumpkin bash. I hope you come. And it, listen, I know some of your diehards, you have to dress up because it's Halloween. Okay, it, that's fine. If you, but please remember we're a church. You know, Don't anybody come as God's Dracula or anything like that, okay? Uh, please remember, you know, what, whatever. But if you don't, if you're not a diehard that you have to dress up, wear, wear your church shirt. Wear your church shirt. You know, do you know why, and... If you come to 101, you, you've heard this. If you've not been to 101, please, come on to 101. But we, well, the money we spend on advertising, we put it in T-shirts. And, you know, some of you got the navy blue T-shirt. We've now got a new gray T-shirt that we're giving when people join the church. The Dream Team has it first, that honor we were kind of giving to them. Uh, the, uh, we got those teal, I really love the teal ones, of the Dream Team teal shirts. I love that design that's on there. And if you're working kids, you got a 315 shirt. Wear your shirt. And not just on, on Halloween, but wear your shirt out in, in the community and things because it opens doors of conversation. When somebody says, well, tell me about your church, because like, this week we had somebody, now that we had somebody here this morning that just, a, a conversation just started. Tell me about your church. You know, so wear that shirt because here, here, here's, here's the thing. All the money that we've spent on shirts in the seven and a half years that we've been in existence, if we took that and we put it on billboards, we'd probably be able to buy about three months worth of billboards for all the t-shirts that we have given away free to all of our people in seven and a half years. And what's better to have that billboard sitting out there on the highway for three months or to have 200 and something people wearing t-shirts walking around as living billboards. And it's not just the fact that we've got 200 and something of them walking around. It's because of who you are as well. I challenge, I challenge you. I dare you. Tell somebody this week. Put your shirt, put your shirt, wear your shirt. Can I ask you to join me at the front, if you will? If you're a first time attender, we like to close around front with a final prayer and a final song. And uh, we'd love to have you join us if you feel comfortable. So please come on this way.
and join us. Next week, we've got something really special, I believe, for the last message in our Truth or Dare series. Hope you'll be here. Let me tell you something about it. You see these people standing up here in front of me? They're not here by accident. This is our prayer team. Prayer team for the second service. They didn't get here by accident. They chose to be here. They've been planning to be here. You know, say that lanyard they got around their neck or something. You know, that you know, they were planning to be here because they want to be here for you. So no matter what your need is, Dave, if I had, if I, you know, I've, I've talked about serving others. That doesn't mean we don't want to pray. Man, we want to pray for you. Get your mind off your thing, but now let's talk about your thing. Let's pray about your thing and then put it in God's hands and get back focused on his thing. We want to do that. Okay, so please let us, if, you, if you're filling out a job application this week, let us pray with you over that. You think about making an offer on a house? Let us pray with you over that. I mean, you know, we, sometimes you think about, okay, I'm not sick, so I don't need... Now, whatever your needs are, we, let, please let us pray with you today. Let me say this, just in close. Why? Why? Why do we put the billboards on your back instead of on the interstate? Because you are the gospel of Christ in the flesh. It, it, the gospel is not just a bunch of words. Gospel is not just something for me to say on Sunday. You are the embodiment of the gospel of Christ. There are so many uh, couples, marriages that have come to 2911 who were on the very edge of divorce, but God has rescued them. He's healed their marriage and they're still together today. You know, you're, that's the gospel. Walking around, living and breathing. You know, uh, and, and some of you, do you know in the last few months, we've had eight couples get engaged at Church 2911. We just had the newest one this, this uh, past Friday night. They were in early service, second service too. Taylor and, and have you, you know, so glad, excited. There. So some people have actually found part of their future at 2911. Not them, they've known each other a lot longer than that. But, you know, but some of them have actually found their future here at 2911. Uh, some of you, the miracles, some of you have, have, have gotten job after job after job, and God has just kept moving you up like that. Some of you have had financial miracles. You are it. And so when people see you, and, and then they see maybe the junk that you're dealing with, you're dealing with everybody else's junk. We're all dealing with junk, right? And they see you, and, and you're not you know, just running around cussing every day, and, you know, and all, but you're, you've actually got some peace. You've got some joy. You've got, you've got something to encourage someone with. You are the gospel of Christ. That's why we want to put a shirt on your back. Now, if you have road rage problems, please don't wear it while you're driving your car or anything or hang it out the window and wave at people. You know, I, I hope none of you have that. But, you know, it's not because you're perfect. We didn't give you a shirt because you're perfect. God didn't call you because you're perfect. God doesn't give you a ministry because, of your, because you're perfect. He's still working on all of us. But you are the gospel of Christ. That's why we want to put a shirt shirt on your back and send you out the door and tell you that the most important things that are going to happen now are for the next seven, six and a half days is what happens now that we're leaving this building and getting out there. So go be the church. Go be the gospel in front of somebody else. That's who we, I dare you. Tell five people this week. I dare you tell these five people. Just this week. You don't have to do it next week. You can do it if you want to on your own, but do it. Just, I dare you. I dare you tell five people this week. Bow with me and pray.